0: Chapter 7. It was the strangest story Winnie had ever heard. She soon suspected that they had never told it before, except to each other, that she was their first real audience. For they gathered around her like children at their mother's knee, each trying to claim her attention. And sometimes they all talked at once, and interrupted each other in their eagerness. Eighty-seven years before, the Tucks had come from a long way to the east, looking for a place to settle. In those days, the wood was not a wood. It was a forest, just as her grandmother had said. A forest that went on and on and on. They had thought they would start a farm. And as soon as they come to the end of the trees, but the trees never seemed to end. When they came to the part of, that was now the wood and turned from the trail to find a camping place, they happened on the spring. It was real nice, said Jessie with a sigh. It looked just the way it does now a clearing, lots of sunshine, that big tree with all those knobby roots. We stopped and everyone took a drink, even the horse. No, said May, the cat didn't drink. That's important. Yes, said Miles, don't leave that out. We all had a drink except for the cat. Well, anyway, Jesse went on, the water tasted sort of strange, but we camped there overnight and Pa carved a T on the tree trunk to mark we'd been there. And then we went on. They had come out of the forest at last. Many miles from the west had, find, had found a thinly populated valley and started their farm. We put up a house for Ma and Pa, said Miles, and a little shack for Jesse and me. We figured we'd be starting families of our own pretty soon, and we'd want our own houses. That was the first time we figured out there was something peculiar, said May. Jesse fell all of a tree. It was way up in the middle, Jesse interrupted, trying to saw off some of the big branches before we cut her down. I lost my balance and I fell. He landed plumb on his head, said May with a shudder. We thought for sure he'd broke his neck, but come to find out, it didn't hurt him a bit. Not long after, Miles went on, some hunters came by day one day at sunset. The horse was out grazing by some trees and they shot him. Mistook him for a deer, they said. Can you fancy that? But the thing is, they didn't kill him. The bullet went right through him; and didn't even leave a mark. Then Pa got snakebite, and Jesse ate the poisoned toadstools, and I cut myself. Said May. Remember slicing bread? But it was the passage of time that worried them most. They had worked the farm, settled down, made friends, and after ten years, then twenty. They had to face the fact that there was something terribly wrong. None of them was getting any older. I was more than 40 by then, Miles said sadly. I was married. I had two children. But from the look of me, I was still 22. My wife, she finally made up her mind I'd sold my soul to the devil. She left me. She went away and she took the children with her. I'm glad I never got married, Jessie put in. It was the same with our friends, said May. They come to pull back from us. There was talk about witchcraft, black magic. Well, you can't hardly blame them, but finally we had to leave the farm. We didn't know where to go. We started back the way we come, just wondering. We was like gypsies. When we got this far, it changed, of course. A lot of the trees were gone. There were people, and Tree Gap was a new village. The road was here, but in those days, it was mostly a cow path. We went on into it. I was left to the wood to make a camp, and when we got to the clearing of the tree, and the spring, he remembered it from before. It hadn't changed, no more than we had, said Miles. And that was how we found out. Pop carved a tea on the tree, remember, 20 years before? But the tea was just where it'd been when he'd done it. That tree had grown out one whit. At all that time, it was exactly the same and the tea he'd carved was as fresh as if he'd just been there. Then they had remembered drinking the water, they and the horse, but not the cat. The cat had lived a long, happy life on the farm, but had died some ten years before, so they decided at last that their source of changelessness was the spring. When he'd come to the conclusion, May went on, Tuck said, that's my husband, Angus Tuck, he said he had to be sure once and for all. He took his shotgun and pointed it at himself the best way he could. And before we could stop him, he pulled the trigger. There was a long pause. May's fingers laced together in her lap, twisted with the tension of remembering. At last, she said, the shot knocked him down, went into his heart. It had to, the way he aimed, and right on through him. It scarcely even left a mark. Just like, you know, like you shot a bullet through water. And he was just the same as he'd never done it. After that, we went sort of crazy, Jesse said, grinning at the memory. Heck, we was going to live forever. Can you picture what it felt like to find that out? But then we sat down and talked it over, said Miles. We're still talking it over, Jesse added. We figured it'd be very bad if everyone knew about the spring, said May. We began to see what it could mean, she peered at Winnie. Do you understand, child? That water, it stops you right where you are. If you had a drink of it today, you'd stay a little girl forever. You'd never grow up, not ever. We don't know how it works or even why," said Miles. "Pa thinks it's something left over from well, from some other plan for the way the world shoulda be," said Jessie. "Some plan that didn't work out too good, and so everything was changed, except that the spring was passed over somehow or other. Maybe he's right. I don't know. But you see, Winnie Foster." When I told you before I'm 104 years old, I was telling the truth. But I'm only 17, really. And so far as I know, I'll stay 17 till the end of the world. Chapter eight. Winnie did not believe in fairy tales. She had never longed for a magic wand, did not expect to marry a prince, and was scornful most of the time of her grandmother's elves so now she sat mouth open wide-eyed not knowing what to make of this extraordinary story it couldn't not a bit of it be true and yet it feels so fine to tell somebody Jessie exploded just think winnie foster you're the only person in the no- in the world besides us who knows about it hold on now said miles cautiously maybe not There might be a whole lot of others, for all we know, wandering around just like us. Maybe, but we don't know them, Jesse pointed out. We've never had anyone but us to talk about it to. Winnie, isn't it peculiar and kind of wonderful? Just think of all the things we've seen in the world, all the things we're going to see. That kind of talk will make her want to rush back and drink a gallon of the stuff, warned Miles. There's a whole lot more to it, Jesse, than Jesse tucks good times, you know. "'Oh, stuff,' said Jessie with a shrug. "'We might as well enjoy it, as long as we can't change it. "'You don't have to be such a parson all the time.' "'I'm not being a parson,' said Miles. "'I just think you ought to take it more serious.' "'Now, boys,' said May. "'She was kneeling by the stream, "'splashing her face and hands with cool water. "'Phew, such weather!' she exclaimed, "'sitting back on her heels. "'She unfastened the brooch and took off her shawl, "'toweled her dripping face.' "'Well, child,' she said to Winnie, standing up. "'Now you share our secret. "'It's a big, dangerous secret. "'We got to have your help to keep it. "'I expect you're full of questions, "'but we can't stay here no longer.' "'She tied the shawl around her waist, then inside. "'It pains me to think how your ma and pa will worry, "'but there's just no way around it. "'We got to take you home with us. "'That's the plan. Tuck.' want to take talk it out make sure you see why you can't tell no one but we'll bring you back tomorrow all right and all three of them looked at her hopefully all right said winnie for she decided there wasn't any choice she'd have to go they would probably make her go anyway no matter what she said but she felt there was nothing to be afraid of not really for they seemed gentle gentle and in a strange way childlike they made her feel old and the way they spoke to her, the way they looked at her, made her feel special, important. It was a warm, spreading feeling, entirely new. She liked it. And in spite of their story, she liked them too, especially Jessie. But it was Miles who took her hand and said, It's really fine if you have to have you along, even if it's only for a day or two. Then Jessie gave a great whoop and leaped into the stream, splashing mightily. What'd you bring for breakfast, Ma? He cried. We can eat on the way, can't we? I'm starving. So with the sun riding high now in the sky, they started off again, noisy in the August still night. stillness, eating bread and cheese. Jessie sang funny old songs in a loud voice and swung like a monkey from the branches of trees, showing how shamelessly for Winnie calling her. Hey, Winnie Foster, watch me. And look what I can do. And Winnie, laughing at him, lost the last of her alarm. They were friends, her friends. She was running away after all, but she was not alone, closing the gate on her oldest fears. As she had closed the gate of her own fenced yard, she discovered the wings she'd always wished she'd had, and all at once she was elated. Where were the terrors she'd been told she should expect? She could not recognize anywhere. The sweet earth opened out its wide four corners to her like the petals of a flower ready to be picked, and it shimmered with light and possibility till she was dizzy with it. Her mother's voice, the feel of home, needed for a moment, and her thoughts turned forward. Why, she too might live forever in this remarkable world she was just discovering. The story of the spring, it must be true, so that when she was not rolling along on the back of her fat old horse, By choice this time, she ran shouting down the road, her arms flung out, making more noise than anybody. It was good, so good, in fact, that through it all, not one of them noticed that the man they had passed on the road, the man in the yellow suit, had crept up to the bushes by the stream and heard it all. The whole fantastic story. Nor did they notice that he was following now. Beside the road far behind, his mouth, above the thin gray beard, turned ever so slightly to a smile.